I'm Dr. Tracy Marks, board-certified psychiatrist, and I believe mental health does not have to be a mystery. So I create educational videos on mental health issues and self-improvement. Learn more at markspsychiatry.com and visit my YouTube channel by simply searching Tracy Marks on YouTube. Now to today's topic. Bipolar disorder versus depression. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. That's what I'm talking about today. Bipolar disorder can first show itself as depression, mania, or hypomania. If you start out with a depressive episode, you can have that diagnosis for years until you have your first manic or hypomanic episode. Then your diagnosis will change to bipolar 1 or bipolar 2. But there are some signs that your depression may really be bipolar disorder, even if you haven't yet been diagnosed with bipolar illness. And why does this matter? Because the treatment for bipolar disorder is different than it is for unipolar depression. Here are five signs that you may really be on the bipolar spectrum, as we call it. I base this information on the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, and the Bipolarity Index by Dr. Gary Sachs. So number one, your first depressive episode occurs before age 20. In bipolar disorder, the average age of onset is about 15 to 20. And in unipolar, it's older, like ages 30 to 40. These are averages, so it is possible that you can have your first depressive episode as a child and not go on later to develop bipolar disorder. But in general, depression seen in bipolar disorder starts earlier than it does with depression alone. Number two, you don't get better with antidepressants, and in some cases, the antidepressants seem to make you worse. Antidepressants are more likely to cause mixed states, where you may feel wired but tired, anxious, or agitated. You could have responded well to an antidepressant in the past, but now, if you get depression, it just seems like you can't get any better with the antidepressants, like you used to be able to. And it could be because that your bipolar disorder is now becoming more evident. Number three, you have a family member with bipolar disorder. This is more important if it's a first-degree relative like a parent or a sibling as opposed to a cousin. Number four, you have three or more depressive episodes in a five-year time span. Bipolar disorder tends to be cyclical and reoccurs on a somewhat regular or frequent basis. So in a typical course, you may have a depressive episode that's then followed by mania or hypomania, and then next you may have another depressive episode. These episodes can be months or a year or more apart from one another, but it still keeps cycling. Whereas with depression alone, you tend to have an episode that can come back at some point in the future, but it may not. But you generally don't count on seeing it every year unless it's a part of a seasonal affective disorder, which is a completely different entity from unipolar depression. So when a person has repetitive depressive episodes, we tend to think it may be part of a bipolar spectrum illness. And this would be even if there's no manic or hypomanic episodes in between, because sometimes the hypomanic episodes can pass by without the person recognizing that there's a problem. Generally, hypomania doesn't cause serious dysfunction. It causes some level of dysfunction, but not as severe as it does with mania. You just may be a little more revved up than your usual self, 
You may not be sleeping as long, but you're still sleeping. I'll have more talking about the difference between bipolar 1 and bipolar 2. Number five, you take a mood stabilizer and have a full recovery within one month. Now, the tricky part of this one is that we will use mood stabilizers as an add-on treatment for treatment-resistant depression. It may be that we later discover that the treatment-resistant depression is really bipolar depression. There is a difference between the two different people, the person who has treatment-resistant depression and the person who really does have bipolar disorder. Person number one would have depression that gets most of the way better. In other words, they respond a little bit to the antidepressant, but they don't get any worse, like I mentioned in sign number two. Then, if you add a medication like Abilify or Rigzulti, then they get all the way better. So they may go from 60 or 70% better with the antidepressant alone to 90 to 100% better after adding the antipsychotic medication. Person number two presents with signs of depression, but they're also pretty agitated as well. Instead of adding an antidepressant, you add a mood stabilizer all by itself, and then the person's symptoms resolve. Now, we can't go so far yet to say that if whatever you're experiencing responds to a mood stabilizer, that's proof that you have bipolar disorder. It doesn't quite work that cleanly because sometimes depression resolves on its own, even if you don't add medication. And sometimes a person can have a placebo response where you add any kind of medication and they have a positive response. So it can get kind of complicated, but this is just to say, if you have depressive symptoms, usually mixed in with some high anxiety or agitation, and your symptoms respond fairly quickly with a mood stabilizer alone, It's just something to file away for you and your doctor to think about and consider in the future, if you have a future episode, that maybe how you should be addressing your treatment is using mood stabilizers instead of antidepressants. If one or more of these signs apply to you and you're taking an antidepressant and not getting much better, talk to your doctor about the possibility of bipolar disorder. What your doctor would do differently is add a mood stabilizer to your antidepressant or use a mood stabilizer alone without an antidepressant. Bipolar disorder is a mood disorder, and it has two states, depressive episodes and hypomanic or manic episodes. And manic episodes are defined as the following, and I'm going to read this because it's just too many words. And it's taken from our Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the fifth edition. Here we go. A period of abnormally and persistent, elevated, expansive, or irritable mood and abnormally and persistently increased activity lasting one week and present for most of the day, nearly every day. And then you have to have three of the following or four if your mood is irritable instead of elevated. Number one is inflated self-esteem or grandiosity. Two, decreased need for sleep, three, more talkative than usual, or pressure to keep talking, number four, flight of ideas or racing thoughts, number five, distractibility, six, increase in goal-directed activity or psychomotor agitation, you just can't stop doing things, 
Seven would be excessive involvement in activities that have a high potential for painful consequences, such as things like going on buying sprees or getting involved in business investments. Sometimes people become hypersexual. Also, the symptoms cause clinically significant distress or impairment in various areas of your life, not just one little area. Hypomania has the same symptoms, except they only need to last for four days instead of a whole week. Another main difference is that with hypomania, the symptoms don't cause any real impairment. And in other words, you're still pretty high functioning. Now, the second part of bipolar disorder would be to have depression or depressive episodes. So bipolar one would be having episodes of mania and depression. Bipolar two would be episodes of depression and hypomania. If a person has delusions or any other psychotic symptoms, it's automatically considered mania versus hypomania. Because with hypomania, there's no impairment, there's a good chance that if you have bipolar two disorder, that you can go all of your life and never be put in the hospital because of your bipolar disorder. But with bipolar 1, it's pretty uncommon for someone with bipolar 1 to never have a hospitalization because the manic episodes tend to be pretty destructive. Now, knowing that, it's easy to conclude that bipolar 1 disorder is much worse than bipolar 2 because the manic episodes can cause a lot of problems. It's kind of like a tornado ripping through, and then you've got to clean up all the damage. But the reason bipolar 2 is not merely a milder form of bipolar 1 disorder is because people with bipolar 2 tend to have a more chronic course to their illness. They also tend to spend more time depressed than the people with bipolar 1. So bipolar 1 may be more intense, but bipolar 2 can be more chronic and persistent. Also, the number of lifetime episodes of hypomania and depression tend to be more for the person with bipolar 2 than the person with bipolar 1. So did you get that? People with bipolar 2 tend to have more recurring episodes of depression than the person with unipolar depression even. So in many ways, although bipolar 2 disorder may be less intense when it comes to the mania at least, it can just create more overall dysfunction in the person's life because of the lingering and recurring depressive episodes. Now, I said all this because I think in the past, we as clinicians have tended to think of bipolar 2 disorder as not really that bad. And that's kind of trickled down to patients in the way that they even think about their illness and may even feel like you don't really need to get treatment for it because it's just not that bad. And I think this is because we tend to focus on the intensity of the mania and seeing that as more the thing to keep under control. But depression can be pretty debilitating. And we're not talking about like a hypo depression. There's no such thing. The person with bipolar disorder will have not as severe of a manic episode, but they can have very severe depressive episodes. So the depression can be a big problem and a reason to continue in treatment and to maintain regular treatment to prevent the bottoming out episodes with the depression. 
And a good medication regimen can help reduce the overall burden of the illness by lessening the symptoms and maybe even decreasing the number of recurring episodes that you have over time. Thanks for listening. If you have any feedback, questions, or would like to submit ideas for shows, check out our website at media, and that's A-R-S-L-O-N-G-A dot media, or send an email to info at media. This podcast is for educational purposes only and not intended for medical advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis.